and welcome to the Jim Burns and Dave podcast. I'm your de facto host because I'm sitting in a chair by myself, Stephen W. Burns and Mary St. Nitz, and I'm joined by Sir Jamie Trinker. <laughs> yeah, that's that's him. And uh, and this defiance, guy, mate. This I'm, guy. I'm I was not saying hello just when you fucking point at me. All right, fine. I don't this think this will be cool. We can go for the uh, for the big chair. Shut up, mate. And uh, David John Mills. Hello. Yeah. So listen, we've not got a lot of time because we've uh, we've left the podcast at the end of the day because you know we've been doing actual proper work, isn't it? Like you know, like people do, like real people mm. out there. But we've been doing the work, so let's get on with it. What have you been up to, Jim, Me? since we last spoke? What have spoke? I been up to? I've been up to loads of stuff. Yeah. Just yeah. interesting stuff, though. Not like, you know, I ate a jam sandwich. or I haven't, I haven't done that for years, actually. I yeah. Might, I might sort that out tonight. I don't like jam. I think jam is overrated. I don't get, like, keeping a pot in the house, keeping a jar in the house permanently. If it's one of your basic groceries that you, like, you finish a jar and then you buy one in the next mm. shop, you've just perpetually got jam in the cupboard i don't get that because it's not that good yeah but no, like I mean, every now is. and then when you fancy a, when you fancy some jam and bread like just you know i don't i don't understand it it's an every now and then thing though it's not a fucking it's not a staple yeah you know yeah like murder or or drugs <laughs> dave what have you been up to what have i been doing i went back to the promised land up north for easter Oh, yeah. So, Dave, if you've not listened before, Dave's from the North. Despite this, uh, he has uh, overcome it and is now a real boy. He's living in London. He's made it. Yeah, so you went back up <laughs> That's to... That's not going to get angry comments at all. So you went back up to fucking dickhead land. I did. Went back for uh, Saints Wigan Derby on Good Friday. Piss land. The what, sorry, the what? Uh, you, the know, you know, the Wigan. biggest derby, yeah. Oh, the doesn't matter, no one cares fucking no, football, that's the, that's the kick and clap one you're on about. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> sorry. That's rugby for anyone that's... And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Basically, whatever sport you're interested in, it always helps if you keep all members of your team on the pitch rather than five minutes in and get someone sent off, which is what we did. Made it a bit difficult. Five minutes in, yeah. But in, I mean, it was a good headshot to be fair. But but in the rugby, don't don't you only play for like twenty minutes or something? Yeah, or oh, just about that. Yeah, I had a little touch yeah. over. Yeah, because just a bunch of like cows running into each other, but there's a ball knocking <laughs> around in there. Like, there's no skills to the game at all. There is none. I'm it's refraining just, from comment. It's just a bunch of cows. Yeah. If you honestly, if you put jerseys on cows and threw a fucking ball into the middle, you of, sat like, and watched golf for about four hundred hours. Yeah, it was the Masters. And only the final, like, four holes. We were all watching snooker about ten minutes. Oh, yeah, we were, yeah. Yeah, snooker's amazing. Snooker requires some skill. That is true. Yeah. It's fucking boring, though. Yeah, I would say that most sports require some skill, to be rugby fair. Rugby doesn't, though, does it? This is the thing. Yeah, Honestly. Uh, rugby doesn't require skill, because it's all played by fucking geography teachers in their spare time, isn't it? <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> anyway, the North... Especially in Wales. There's no full-time rugby players in Wales. Not a single fucking one. Yeah, listen. Mind you, li- li- I don't I mean, want to talk about listen, Wales. Listen, there probably is now. Because like... Wales just piss lands foot, isn't it? <laughs> now, <laughs> now, Dave. So tell us what happened when you went to uh, wherever it is you come from. Well, except that I did that. Then I went out. Yeah. With, uh, you didn't with... just you didn't just go up there to watch some fucking shite yeah. house ball, did you? Did that when uh, went out with a drink with mum and dad. Then met with uh, Doctor Mills in Liverpool. Tried to oh, get yeah. you the test. Dave's brother. He's got it on order. Is a doctor like a proper one, not like a fucking doctor of philosophy. Although, if we're going to argue about terms, then but we're not, but he's like a proper one and everything, done all the training and that. Is he a GP or does he special? Is he like a proctologist? Oh, look at him here, cracking up. No, he is not a GP. He works in palliative care. Oh, exactly. Okay. So he's doing good. Yeah, he's, he's not, not just proct- sitting around. He's not a proctologist. He's though. not just sitting around coining it like all those other GPs, lazy bastards. Imagine, <laughs> imagine, imagine being a proctologist, though. Like, yeah. What do you do? Just, just look at arses. Uh, I hope every, you're now not, then, every now and then I might put my finger in one. I but... hope you're not besmirching the noble craft <laughs> of proctology. No, it's, it is a noble And I, like, you know, I've got a lot of respect. You're for, a man, so you'll need to go and see one of those yeah, I guys know, very soon. But it's like it's you're like, old as well. It, 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 the whole <laughs> thing is just like, what do you do? So, so I'd, every now and then, I check a dude's arse to see whether or not he's dying. Yeah, and that's like, and then and then occasionally you have to deliver them the really bad news <laughs> that they are not in fact dying. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Dave's brother is like a, a doctor, and I'm, look, I know a few doctors, and everyone I ask. They just look at me as if I'm mad. 
Yeah. But that's the person you like. Yeah, it's because you rock up to them and you scream, "Get me on the test immediately!" And yeah, they exactly. wonder what they're And then you follow it with a "Woo!" They exactly. haven't got a fucking clue what you're talking about. Uh, excuse me, they fucking do have a clue. <laughs> that's why all doctors are jacked, isn't it? <laughs> so yeah, listen, man, this universe that you two live in, with geography teachers as rugby players and jacked doctors, is geography quite an interesting teachers one. are all on the test as well. Aren't right? all doctors jacked? I don't know. But uh, well, yeah, funnily enough, all the doctors are playing rugby in the spare time and all. So yeah, of course they are. Of yeah. course they are. What have I been up to? Not a lot. Mm. Play some Pez. What you know? I've been watching Manchester United do some goals. Yeah, that was good. They don't was usually, that archive fit? They don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Premier League years, obviously. Uh, but yeah, they did that. And mainly, I've been working on my uh, opus, which is uh, a massive uh, exploration on how The Thing and The Shining, by virtue of things that happen in filmmaking by accident, essentially, or they just happen because there wasn't the budget or mm. it was the end of the day, then they just thought, fuck it, shoot it and wrap it, on how those films, by design and by accident, have ensnared audiences for years and years and years, and like the characters within those films, they're unable to escape the paranoia of the worlds built around them. It's like The Shining, right? The conspiracy theories are unbelievable. Some they of them are, are dreadful. Mental. We watched one the other day, Dave, didn't we? About uh, the money. Apparently, there's a, a dollar bill or a twenty dollar bill that uh, that Jack Torrance tries to pay the you know the the bartender with, but that is an old style American. It's all about uh, the Federal bill. Reserve and all but, that. And I, I, you know, I can kind of go a little way on some of the Federal Reserve and gold stuff, but. The thing about filmmaking and thing about anything like that is how much shit happens by chance is astronomical. Astronomical. And after watching The Thing, I decided to go into a uh, like a forum because people have all these arguments about when did Blair become Thing Blair. Did he know that he was being overtaken? So Blair is the, uh, the vet. Well, Blair and Carpenter even had this conversation on set. Exactly. And it's the same with the replicant um, Ford and uh, Scott argument, isn't it? Where Harrison Ford for years was like, no, it's this way. And Ridley Scott was like, listen, mate, you're just in it. I made it. It's this way. Uh, but I find it fascinating that people, even when the, de- uh, the developer, even when the director will say it's this way, they're like, no. no. Mm. And there's these theories about the thing that the organism can spread by one cell. So the movie actually kind of... Well, when the blood kind of runs When the blood away, moves it by itself. That. Yeah, I kind of get that. But it's, you know, they're like, yeah, but it's just one cell, isn't it? So that's how, that's how some of the people got infected. It's like, well, why wouldn't the thing, you know, if it was Palmer, for example, just go, would anyone like some tea? And rather than attacking someone, just, just do a little imitate of one of them, it? which it does, Palmer, right at the beginning, calling some theories, and then go in and go, would anyone like uh, a drink? Little blood droplet in each one, and then the thing can just sit back and fly its little fucking saucer. I mean, if he's offering a tea, I'm the first to be dead, aren't I? Exactly. I'm I'm always yes to that. I don't drink tea. So a world where you'd actually survive longer. No one wants that. Not even you want that. Exactly. I'd be in the rec room playing fucking Space Invaders and shit. Turn around like, what's going on here? You'll be playing chess because he fucks that right at the beginning. Day one. Yes, he does, and that's uh, not a great character trait for your uh, your man who uh, who. Who loses a game of chess and then explodes it? Like you know how much yeah. that costs? It's nineteen eighty two. Yeah. Like, on the fucking on the windowsill behind you, there was a broken DualShock Four, which yeah. you threw across the room after losing a game of PES. Yeah. Do you know how many controllers I've seen him launch across rooms? <laughs> yeah. So what? What are you going to do about it? So, no, I'll, I'm just. I'll buy as many of these as I want. I'm just saying you're massively hypocritical. No. Firstly, <laughs> that controller does not cost as much as. Uh, that machine in the thing, the chess machine. Secondly, right, mm-hmm. B, C above, I'm not in the middle of fucking nowhere here. I mean, I am kind of. It is yeah, suburbia. I mean, you're I mean, you've lost that one. But it's not like I need to get a helicopter. I wish I could get a helicopter to the shops. No, you just have to, get, have, one. You have to sit in a tram for four hours to reach civilization from here. Yeah, you have to walk up a hill and then you have to get on a bus. Yeah. And then you have to make... No, you can get a bus straight into Croydon, can't you? Croydon's not a civilization. Though. Yeah, Croydon's like <laughs> post-apocalyptic. <laughs> so, you know, that's what I've been up to. I'm going to write those words, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. When I get time. Which is yeah. not going to happen. I mean, what this boils down to is, like, for years it has been known that you model yourself on 
the eighties roles of Kurt Russell. That's not true. That's absolutely that's true. That's not true. That's absolutely All true. Right, I'm calling I mean, my that's something to aim for. I'm calling my solicitor. That's unbelievable. You better be ready to fucking retract that and pay substantial fucking damages. You used to go around wearing a fucking eye patch. Yeah, but that's, that's you know, a thing. <laughs> like, he didn't invent the eye patch. No, but that's where you got it from. Uh, no, that's where Kojima got it from, and then I stole it from yeah, him. Yeah, by proxy, though, you're modelling yourself on Kurt Russell. I mean, that is like saying that because you like to watch fucking television, you're fucking modelling yourself on fucking Logie Baird and the other lad, isn't it? Or fucking, no, I'm, it's not. I'm modeling, it's not, my, I'm modeling not, myself on Alexander Graham Bell because I like to use a telephone. Don't no, be a fucking dick. No, that's ridiculous. That's, that's, that's not that's, ridiculous. That's not the same line of, line of logic at all. It is. You're, you're being a ridiculous man. Now listen, we're going to get into the questions now. What the fuck, <laughs> Oliver? Just ask. Hang, hang on, hang on. What? We're not on the questions already. I haven't talked about Seinfeld yet. Oh, right. Sorry. Seinfeld hour's about to start. Everyone can just mute this bit. I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know, I've never seen Seinfeld. Seinfeld's very good. People get upset about this, but Mm -hmm. I feel I've already seen enough of it through, like, gifts and that. Uh, I mean, (laughs) there's so much of it has seeped into the rest of Western culture that... I it's one of those things where like you'll know a lot of stuff from it whether you, whether you know you do or not and that you know that whole line you know the the jerk store called they're out of you you know that that's a Seinfeld gag. There's loads of stuff that was like directly kind of that just turned up in Friends like five years later and it's like yeah Seinfeld did that. yeah I you know um, people get they're confused when uh, when I say I don't mind Friends not like I, I like it or I go out my way to watch it mm. but you know. It it offends a lot of people, friends, yeah. because it's so inoffensive. Well, yeah, I mean, I spend a lot of time on Twitter um, screaming dementedly about how I, I don't like Friends, the sitcom. It's very um, well written. As my mate and former colleague Richie once described Friends as Seinfeld for cunts. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, it's like the, it's the Seinfeld that isn't, you know, it's, it's not clever. But the thing is, is some of no, it no, is no, 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 no. But the thing is, it is really clever. It's like, but it's because you don't need to be clever to appreciate it. That's some of the cleverest stuff in the world. Mm. Like, um, and it is, it is, it's incredibly well written. And, um, but it's, 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 like, it's like you're saying though, it's inoffensive. It's safe. It's not, it's never. Yeah, I mean, the thing that, that really speaks for it is the fact that I've never, ever once in my life sat down purposefully to watch a Friends episode. And I've probably seen 75% of them in these <laughs> 10 seasons. Yeah. And you can't really say that of any other yeah, TV show. That's shows. because it's in syndication to the tune of about fucking $60 billion. There was so it's on that, telly every um, hour, every country in the world. There was. I mean, I, I, I haven't had an aerial plugged into my telly for about fucking five years now. But like, Yeah, of course, mate. There was the... Oh, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> wink. The old uh, nah, TV Everything w- I watch wink. is on Ned- Netflix or very illegally downloaded. Um, <laughs> I'm not into legal downloads. That's that's not me. Yeah. Um, but there was that period, wasn't there? And the sort of like from, um, and, you know, kind of from when it, it was still on at the time when all, when that started, but like E4, remember, like, you know, you would come home from work and there would just be six episodes of Seinfeld, uh, Seinfeld, six episodes of friends on that night. And so it was like, like E4 was the friends channel. Um, so still is if you mm. ever watch no, Comedy Central now it's on uh, Comedy Central is, yeah, but the, I mean how, there was a how mad did thing. I even know that there's a mad thing like when, when I saw the um, the full kind of DVD box set come out one of my I think my sister-in-law bought it and she paid like 170 quid for every episode of Friends on DVD yeah remember when DVDs were like, mad expensive it's just like how I mean to be fair Dave there's like about 4 million episodes mm, but like yeah. it, it did come on the back of a fucking flatbed but like um, <laughs> had to come in through a window <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, like you're dark hey. but as, as you I mean as Dave just said you can, you can watch every episode of that show without making that much effort to um, so I yeah. never understood why anyone would but but I think I think that's why it pisses people off it's, it's overexposure because like people got sick of it being on every evening all the time and then uh, people kind of got sick of it being a 90s sitcom and being like the arch 90s sitcom the archetype you know um so but you know when i'm not on twitter and i'm i'm screaming obscenities about stuff just for what i consider to be comic value but other people take seriously um actually friends is quite a 
quite a well put together show and you can't really fault it too much for having goals and achieving them it is now listen I've been watching uh, re-watching some Arrested Development which is probably the greatest TV show I was waiting for you to just say some absolute shite Mob Wives season (laughs) 4 I've been watching actually a good TV show Stephen when we arrived you were sitting watching the fucking Dear Deidre segment of this morning (laughs) yeah I was it was literally because I've been I've been getting into some real human misery because I like that in the mornings Mm. Uh, it gets me going of uh, Jeremy Carl and this one was particularly good misery is well good yeah Uh, and then I was writing an email and this morning started and I was just stunned. I couldn't turn it over. It was like an attractor beam of uh, like some ident for the preview of this woman who, who tells the uh, future, reads the future thanks to uh, asparagus. And I was like, there are people who sit in there right now going, wow, yeah, that's, yeah, shit. Shit, well, me maybe, too. Maybe I, maybe I should get into that. Um, but yeah, I've been watching uh, Arrested Development and it, I can't believe, uh, I mean, the first time I ever saw it, um, guy that Dave and I know called Tom Stevens, who's uh, thankfully dead now. Um, no, he's not. So that, I was going to say, is that true? <laughs> no, he's, he's not dead. He's definitely not dead. Okay. But uh, I wish he was. Uh, he got it. He, no, I had never heard of it, and he had it, ordered it from America and uh, on DVD, and they sent him two by mistake. So he was like, "Well, guys, this is really good. You should probably just take this copy to your house and watch it." And we did, and it's amazing. I don't need to explain it to you, but it only struck me on this rewatch that, as I've said to you guys before, that the family structure is almost identical to that of the Godfather, and it's like the Godfather but played for laughs. So they're all really wealthy, right? But then you know they're declining in power. George Senior is obviously, you know, Vito Corleone. Michael, the best of the three <laughs> children with each of the, some of their characteristics and the be- and the person that has to take over the family is obviously Michael. Um, is it Sonny Corleone is Job, the brash, hot-headed elder brother who can't run the who, who actually can't be trusted to run the company or family. Buster is Freddo, obviously. It is a good uh, parallel to draw. Um, and uh, Lindsay is um, Connie. Now, Lucille, she's obviously, you know, there's no, I don't think there's any equivalent in there. She probably actually, Lucille, is more like um, Connie in the third Godfather movie. Like, she's just operatic and is the matriarch of the family and hates everyone, basically, for inconveniencing her, her wealth and her family. And I was like, shit, it's just the Godfather, but played for laughs. That's why it's the greatest TV show of all time, isn't it? That's the one. I mean, it actually is definitely one of the greatest TV shows of all time. Absolutely. Have um, you sat down and watched it all, Jim? Yeah, yeah. No, I've seen the rest. Yeah, I've not seen season four yet. Uh, you've not seen the Netflix one? Mm. Not, not yeah. seen... It finds its feet. It's a, a rough mm. couple of first episodes because it's a different format, but then... Yeah. Then it gets back to gets back it, to hitting. It, it, it does mess around with the format a little, but like it's one of those things where they brought it back, but they couldn't do exactly the same show again because, like, you know, what seven or eight years have passed. Mm. Well, it's because everyone had gone on to be massive. It's quite cool that they got Michael Sarah back, though, because you know, especially actually when Arrested Development came back. Michael Cera, I mean, now he's like, I mean, you could probably get him to do birthday parties, but at that time. <laughs> Yeah, he but was at, in everything. At right? that time, that was that was like when his career was just coming off the peak, and he was like he was a huge deal. Um, so it was, it was quite a miracle. That hey, he is the involved. co-lead in the funniest first half of any movie ever, which is super bad. That is, is just, true. Just the funniest. That first is true. Half. The second half of that film's fucking. Once dog they shit. once the cops get involved properly, yeah. it's just yeah, when, yeah. when they split up. Yeah, yeah. But the first half has got like cued laughter. Mm-hmm. Like you're still busy laughing about something having five minutes ago, and you're like, yeah. I never. I can't. I, if there's any more jokes, I just will, will never stop laughing until Fuck I die. It. That film pissed me off actually, because like, see, because I worked in a call center, and like a lot of people who work in call centers, you get really good at drawing penises because there's not a lot, a lot else you can yeah. do to take your mind yeah. off the fact that you work in a fucking call center that's the thing about working in a call center you you need distractions from the fact that you work there Mm -hmm. otherwise you will just go insane so like you know and there was one point where it was it it, it sort of came and went as as uh, managers policies got more and less draconian over the years but like there was one point where everyone was playing fucking mario mario 3 on a snes emulator (laughs) (laughs) while we were taking calls for the government you know (laughs) 
Just, uh, hang on a minute. Just need, just need to do a save state here. Yeah. Well, imagine it with switches you know. now. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, oh, under God, the table. Yeah. So, um, but there, and then there was a, there was a point where they just fucking clamped everything down. They even uninstalled Minesweeper at one point, which is which was the point where like there was a mental health crisis in the office. Like a yeah, genuinely triggered one. Like. It's like you can't treat people like that. You, they're not a fucking. You're not a phone call factory. You need. You need things to do that aren't that. Anyway. Don't know. You are being paid to be on the phone. Yeah, but it's a bad job, isn't it? But um. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I would just I would draw dicks a lot, mm-hmm. and they would become more and more elaborate. And exactly, <laughs> exactly as as those drawings you see, every, like when people saw that film before I'd seen, I don't think I saw it until it came out, like for for rental, like months later. But when people went to the cinema to see that film, I would get fucking texts from them being like, you got to see it. One of these characters is you. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, but properly, like, it, I would do an eight-hour shift and it, and it would be like one drawing of a dick that was shaded and, <laughs> and it, it, was, it was driving a car over another dick or something, <laughs> you know. Um, my, my favourite one I drew about 20 different versions of it was... Uh, was uh, a giant kaiju-sized penis attacking Tokyo. <laughs> Fuck's wow. sake. Um, Did you sign them from the bottom? No, no, no. I, Tr- I think I still got them somewhere. Trinker 13. I think I still got them somewhere. And it was always, again, uh, Richie Morgan, esteemed ex-colleague Richie Morgan. Um, we, we worked in the same place at the time. And there's loads of him being drawn with like a 17-foot penis. And it being caught in stuff, like getting run over by buses. What <laughs> is wrong with you? And getting wrapped around, like, uh, there was one where it got sucked into a jet, a jet turbine. Um, one where it got wrapped around a telegraph pole. But yeah, I drew a lot of penises. And, and I feel like that was my thing. Yeah. And then that film Everyone needs out. a hobby, don't they, Jim? Yeah. You know, because either everyone draws dicks and everyone's got a way of drawing dicks. But I thought I could go fucking... I could go big on drawing the dicks. Yeah. Like, it, it could be the sort of... I could be the fucking, fucking industrial light and magic of drawing dicks. <laughs> right? You're dangerously you know? close, Jim, to you know? this song is about me territory. Right? No. Are you trying to say that they I, fucking infringed your fucking character? No, your no. Gimmick? I, it was a complete. It was obviously a, a complete coincidence, but but they had that idea, um, and and made that a character trait of somebody, and and it complete and it fucked it because then every every time and after everyone thought, oh, you're doing the super bad thing. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not. No, actually, I've been doing this for a while. Yeah. Excuse me. Look, look on the walls <laughs> look around at the back here. catalogue. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. Yeah. yeah, well, so in a bit of news, well, it's not really news as mm. such, but some of it is. There you go. It's a, it's little news. Uh, so NES Mini has been discontinued, mm. much to the annoyance of loads of people, which I obviously find fucking brilliant. Um, <laughs> and now rumours abound that there's going to be a SNES Mini. Obvious, easy play from Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Now, I would buy a SNES Mini. Yeah, because NES games are all shit. Okay, fact. Apart from Super Mario Bros. 3. You'd buy a SNES Mini just to fucking tell people who couldn't buy one that you had one. I would buy it, and what I'd do is I'd make you stand outside of the window, and uh, I would open the French doors, and I would throw it fucking so hard out onto the patio, and then I'd make you film it, and then we'd put it on there. That'd be me. And then it'd just be me going, "Ah, like M. Bison or something for like 12 hours. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, a SNES Mini, I I definitely would like one of those, just because they'll look cool. And this is, you know, usually I don't succumb to this sort of shit. But I could, I could definitely go for a SNES Mini. What about you guys? A SNES Mini is way more attractive to me than a NES Mini. Because the thing is, aside from some, a handful, like seven really, really standout signature games from the 8-bit era, 8-bit games are dog shit. Yeah. They're all fucking I mean, these terrible. These are the facts, right? These are the facts. And the thing, there's nothing, n- nothing about owning a NES interests me at all. But... 16 bit was when games started getting good. Yeah. So they started getting well good. Exactly. As well. And they're like, still good now. Exactly. So that's. But for example, you don't need a NES, right? Because if they brought out a SNES Mini and it had the fucking. What was that fucking Super Mario collection? All Stars. All Stars. That's yeah. the one. That's it. You don't need a NES. You've already anymore. gone. Exactly. And now they look better. Exactly. So it just completely negates the need for a NES Mini. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. What about you, Dave? Do you have a snares when you? No. I mean, of course, no, they didn't. Have no. Electricity, did you? But, no. Like, <laughs> we used to run on the camps the wheels to keep it going. 
No, I don't <laughs> have How many years of this have you had now? 12? Oh, yeah, 12. 12 years, yeah. Uh, really? Do you know what year it is, guys? Oh, I should remember And the well. fucking rest. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> right, answer the question. No. You didn't I have didn't one. have one. Do you have a Mega Drive? Yeah, I might get one. Yeah. Yeah, Mega Drive. See, I put on, uh, went on a bit of wind-up on Twitter earlier. That, you know, the SNES wasn't as good as the Mega Drive. And I actually do believe that. You know, SNES had some really good games, but it was all about fucking RPGs and that, wasn't it? Oh, I'm exploring a town. Oh, there's a heart in a chest or some shit. Whereas the Mega Drive had loads of fucking awesome games. It the had Mega the... Drive was all about fucking, like... Smashing his fucking cunt Smashing happy, fucking it? shit out of everything. Yeah, exactly. And the screen going mental because it was running at a billion frames a second. Exactly. Yeah. You, pl- you, you play Streets of Rage, the original, yeah. you press A, and the fucking coppers, who are obviously all corrupt anyway, would fire a fucking rocket into the people you were fighting. <laughs> I mean, you, don't, you just didn't get that on the Super I mean, Nets. it was 2017 simulator, exactly. wasn't it? Mm. You just you just don't get that. In fact, honestly. actually thinking about it, the ninth, like, uh, I mean, what what are the most prescient visions of the future from the past? It's fucking Robocop and Streets of Rage, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's exactly. It. People hitting bins to find like apples and that to eat. Yeah, I've seen, yeah. I've seen a guy doing that. It's just yeah. life. Exactly. Right? And sometimes there's money in there, which is odd. But then sometimes yeah. there's an entire roast chicken, <laughs> which is amazing. So whenever I walk past a bin now, yeah. I give it a fucking massive kick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just to see if there's a roast exactly. chicken. You hit it with a baseball bat until the baseball bat breaks. Exactly. And then you got chicken. So, there you go. And you know, Am that, I wrong? That's going to be the queuing system in KFC at some point. <laughs> After two years of Brexit, Britain. Mate, it's already in that chicken cottage. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I love the Mega Drive. I, I got a snares as well a couple of years later. You fucking prick. And I just... Uh, I just thought, Meh. when I yeah, when I was a kid, I um I was an Amiga kid. Um, yeah. And I had um I had an Amiga twelve hundred, which oh, was fucking posh as fuck. That, Amiga. That is so tall. Most mate. most people had a five hundred or a six hundred, yeah. the shit ones. And then yeah. it's like when you well, say twelve hundred, like, you sit on the yeah. front benches, mate. When you say like yeah, listen, I had a twelve hundred. Uh, so you know, I had a twelve hundred. Um, I fucking loved that machine. So uh, and uh, but you always it's like, it was like it was like the whole PC gaming thing back then. No one, it's like you know you had your proper computer, but you, you couldn't get your fucking mates around to play on that fucking thing. It was built into a keyboard. Like you wanted you wanted a pro- yeah, the Mega Drive and you get the old joystick, isn't it? Oh yeah, they were intercompatible. Yeah, but you needed um, you needed a proper console as well. Yeah. Otherwise, everyone just thought you were a fucking nerd. But was, yeah. it, was that Zulu? Was that on that one? The Zool, you mean? Yeah. Not, oh, Zool, not Zulu. That's the yeah, not that's Michael Caine. Yeah, Michael Caine. Fuck me. Oh, there probably is a, a Zulu text oh, adventure game. There's one. bound to be a 16-bit Zulu game. Yeah. And it'll be fun. No, it wouldn't even be a text adventure. It'd just be like a fucking platformer. Remember that fucking Wings World uh, SNES game? Yes, actually, no, I do. It's like the worst platformer of all. I don't know if it was good or not, but it's like it's so fucking typical. Of of the, the the 90s and how video games were used as a sort of like in, in the same way that YouTube videos are used now, like you know just as sort of ancillary marketing for stuff. You know the Wayne's World game uh, film would come out and then you just get this weird Wayne's World game. They've gone to a studio who probably had a fucking platformer just sort of in development, and it's like, can you just make the the sprites Wayne and Garth and yeah. every, keep can everything every else the same? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Party on. So it's like, and it was obviously some game where you went around like shooting aliens, except instead of a gun, he's now holding the guitar. Yeah. It's just a sprite swap. That's it. There we go. What was the Mega Drive one? Was it um, Robocop versus Terminator? Yeah. Which is fucking miles better than the shithouse SNES version, as with Aladdin. Yeah. As with fucking Alien 3. Yeah. Robocop versus the Terminator and Mega Drive. On the SNES, you, you know, they've got, you play this tiny little fucking Robocop. Cause it was all about big sprites by then, wasn't it? And you shoot people and they go, oh, yeah, fall over. In fucking Robocop vs. Terminate, with the default gun, you shoot people and they explode. They die in the way which I want to die, so I can't come back to life. I mean, there's a lot like, of that in the Arms film, just fly off everywhere, blood pisses out of every fucking orifice. It's great, it's amazing. Mm. And you've got these grenades that you can fire and then control them after you've fired them, and the end boss is a big fucking Terminator skull, which makes no sense whatsoever. The Robocop in uh, fucking, what's that fucking Broforce? Yeah. The Robocop in Broforce has the same fucking powers as Robocop in Robocop versus Terminator, doesn't it? Does it? Basically. I should know. I played a lot of Broforce. Yeah, yeah. But I've forgotten now. Yeah, it was during the bad days, though, wasn't it? When, yeah. I, when I played video games. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Now, yeah. listen, my favourite Amiga games, right? Yeah. North versus South. 
Never played that. Fucking amazing. That's a classic. Mm-hmm. Dogs of War. Never also a classic. That. Any of the Silkworm fucking uh, variants. Like Swiv and that. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Those are the best fucking games. And obviously Prince of Persia. Obviously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the pass was really wank. Firstly, I was there. Secondly, the Amiga. Yeah. 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 It was alright, wasn't it? Spent most of my time on the Amiga uh, dicking about in deluxe paint and making little animations <laughs> yeah. and wheelies and stuff. I knew someone that had a Amiga CD32. Yeah. Oh, you know, with hell. the fucking controller that looks like a futuristic car. Like yeah, yeah. Steering wheel, so it's shit. Yeah, it was it, that. That was like when Commodore were just like shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we need to we need to make something that someone's actually going to buy. Yeah, um, and it was and, just and they failed miserably. It's funny molding about load times now when you consider how long you have to wait. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it's quite funny. insert disc eight. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite funny actually because like the CD thirty two was sort of um, it was brought out as. It was an Amiga 1200 without a keyboard and with a CD drive, mm. essentially. So um, a, lot, a lot of CD32 stuff would run on like the proper Amiga if you had a CD-ROM drive. The thing is, it came out when the 3DO and the PS1 were happening. So it, Commodore was saying, oh, look, we got this 32-bit console. And it's like, yeah, but Sony's got a 32-bit console that runs fucking Ridge Racer. Like, yeah, you know. and not Cannon Fodder. Yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> PlayStation, so. when it first launched, that was awesome. Those were the best times. Remember, Those were like, the best times. Way back in the PS1 era, when you saw like when you first saw footage of Gran Turismo. And I swear to God, back it doesn't matter, yeah. but I swear to God, back then, you were just like, that looks real. That actually looks yeah. real. And the Formula 1 game as well. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah, I hated that, though. I had a friend that was big into Formula 1, and he used to maybe fucking play it. I just felt it. And he was into golf as well. See, folk are into Formula One, though. Yeah. They're all, they're usually fucking, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One of my mates is usually on the lowest team boat when they, you know, they go to Monaco and that. That's I mean, that doesn't sound that bad. No, that's that's the good bit. The other, the bad bit is you got to sit around watching fucking Formula One before it happens. Just like being on the M6, really, to me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but there's more chance of someone getting killed in the M6, which is obviously the only reason anyone watches fucking Formula One. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like Jesus Christ, bro. It's true, isn't it? You just want to see fucking one of those cars flip over and like explode into a grandstand or something, don't you? You want to fucking just watch it for fucking fuel ratio and whatever their downforce thing is called. I wish you'd go to the bang racer, mate. I think this is Burns projecting. What? Because, um, like, I mean, I can fully believe that the only reason you watch Formula One is because somebody might die horribly in a crash. But I think the, ma- the most people who watch it are actually interested in the racing. Do you really think that? Yeah, I do. Genuinely do you really think genuinely that? think that? No, I do think that. You know, you know. Listen, listen. You know how long it fucking takes as well. Listen, like, of course, people who sit through that are fucking. They're only it. there to see people die, IRL. Listen, Sorry, listen no, to me now. No. If you're worried about the the capacity for evil in humanity, that no one would actually go and watch that. No, no, I fully accept that. Then why I is think... the funniest thing in the world someone falling over or getting hit in the head or something? Why <laughs> no, is that? But that I has a, you've got you a built-in to... laugh for that. No, but like it takes like doesn't it take what sixteen fucking hours for a race to complete? I don't know, something like that. That's a slight bit of hyperbole, yeah, but it's, it's quite, quite like, four, it's like hours? four hours. Or yeah. yeah, and you, right. you don't if you're there four hours. You don't get to see most of it. Because you're around like some four bit hours of the track. is longer than Ben Hur, and fewer people die in that. <laughs> All right, let's get off the uh, topic of uh, automobile crashes because uh, people are going to get upset. Right, listen. Now look, we're going to move on to the old uh, questions. Yeah, I'll, I'll allow it now. Okay, listen. Doctor Mark Sloan asks, <clears throat> "Does Dave prefer shooting on film or digital?" Well, it depends on budget, doesn't it? If I've got a lot of budget. Then well, Dave, like, film. because a lot, you know, digital gets a lot of, uh, wah, wah. but, mm-hmm. so what is actually above and beyond the fact that, you know, film is film, digital is digital, what, what are the differences? Why would you do one instead of another? Digital would free you up in the sense that, so if you're doing a documentary, I don't think you'd ever shoot a documentary on film now. Right, we're shooting a documentary on film now. <laughs> just to, just to fly in the face of it um because you can just shoot for hours and hours and hours and it doesn't cost as much in terms of like to continually shoot on you know cf cards whatever as it would to do on film but i I think that actually if you're talking about a big like movie production i actually think the costs level themselves out in the end because you have to you have to pay for digital imaging technicians and backups of all your digital stuff and, and and proofing all of that all the way down the line so although it's more expensive to buy film initially i think that the back end of digital is probably just as expensive as uh, as film and just human 
skin looks better on film. The textures look better on film. Um, stuff like wide vistas of um, scenery and stuff looks better on digital. So yeah, if, if someone said to me, you've got infinite money to do whatever you want for a, a film, I'd shoot on 35 mil and then any like big sweeping scenery shots, I'd shoot on uh, an Alexa or something like that. Look, there you go, see? You don't get that elsewhere. People go, yeah, but George Lucas did yell fucking digital, didn't he? Fuck it, can Um, Yeah, so I would always prefer to shoot on uh, 35mm. And we're going to do a Let's Play in 35mm. That's going to happen. We're going to do yeah, a Let's this Play. This is a plan we have. We want to do the most expensive Let's Play ever produced. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we want to shoot it in fucking 35mm. It's going to be super widescreen as well. And even the game footage is going to be fucking telescened onto 35mm. <laughs> so I've been saving 35mm um, footage for years in the aim to make like my own feature film one day and it's just going to go on Burns going like, oh, Sonic, Sonic the Dark Chronicles yeah. is well good, isn't it? <laughs> It'll be... It, I keep promising that we're going to do a Let's Play of we make, we make Burns play Snake Pass and that'll be the 35mm one. The biggest waste of fucking... Just just <laughs> massive close-ups. Like. <laughs> so how long is it going to... How, how much is it going to be to process this? It's going to be three weeks and it's going to cost 40 grand. Oh, okay. Yeah, but um, good, good 40 grand. All right, Dr. Fist <laughs> asks, Fast and Furious had a huge opening in China, as did Jurassic World. Do you think China could be a big audience to appeal to soon? It already is gigantic. And indeed, some movies I have read mm-hmm. have uh, not entirely different versions, but some of them are altered significantly for, like... So they'd, like, have different inserts, different bits of plotting. Oh, really? um, I know they sometimes drop certain things because yeah. it doesn't play well in other territories. Yeah. Didn't that happen to the Red Dawn uh, wasn't there an issue with the, the new version of Red Dawn where they thought it wouldn't play well um, non-domestically and so they, they changed a lot of the plotting of the movie really? and I think they had to change who the actual enemy was and then they did in Men in Black 3 I and think. digitally alter quite a lot of stuff the, the thing is is that with regards to the domestic market and by that we mean the US I mean you know the why? Why on earth would you not chase the bigger dollar? If, like you're the head of the well, studio. China's the biggest single market exactly. for US films, but they only they have like very strict rules about how many foreign or by foreign I think they actually just mean Hollywood films mm. that they allow in. So it used to be like twenty, and then it crept to thirty four. Now I think it's thirty eight. Um, but co productions don't count. So basically, hey, you're making a big studio film. Why don't you co-fund it with us and you can have access to our market? Yeah. And also, they, I think the Hollywood gets back like 25% of the films that they, as it sort of gets 25% of the profits of the films that are screened in China. And China keeps the 75, whereas most of the places, I think, is about a 50-50 mm. split. Um, so, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I, I understand it. It just makes sense. There's been this whole uh, massive... Uh, controversy regarding Ghost in the Shell and the casting issues in that and you know I'm not I'm not totally up on why Scarlett Handsome's cast uh, in the lead but I saw someone saying the other day when it didn't do that well that one of the reasons she was cast was that they needed her to open in territory in certain territories and well that's the reason they do a lot of those things i mean it doesn't really excuse a lot of it like oh not (laughs) not using an asian actor when they can or whatever but is because it's like was it ridley scott was famously talking about a film Mm. but but basically going like look i cast him i get it made i don't cast him yeah it doesn't get made this is the thing that they're saying about ghost in the shell you know there are still big asian stars there are still yeah of course it is bollocks like if you look at uh, you know, there have been so many really big breakout movies that, you know, aren't the biggest budgets. But, you know, we're talking about Hidden Figures or Get Out or, you know, those, you know, those films. And, yeah, it's just, I think this whole thing that you need, especially as these markets are evolving, growing bigger, that you need your standard film star to open them doesn't is not i think ghost in the shell is, is showing it's, it's that you, starting to not really fly but yeah, yeah. If that, if i mean I it's think, not right yeah. but i don't but, mind that when someone's earned the idea of being a star through being in loads of pictures and you watch them like like you had to do in the old days and then that person became oh people go and watch him or her mm. let's put them in more films I hate it when studios feel like they're pushing someone and go this guy's massive don't you love this yeah. guy and you're like 
No, he did like seven shit films. Like, stop. Like, like the guy in John Carter. You're saying he's a movie name? star. I'm, no. I'm not saying he's a movie star. Exactly. No one's anyone else. <laughs> it's, and in that way, yeah. I mean, that's always what they did. The studio system always, like wrestling, pushed its stars. Uh, that's why they had the, the, um, the um, contract system. But it's when it's someone like Taylor Lautner. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's the big new thing. It's like, I'm not he's not. Sure. I, I, I mean, I, th- I think just media in general has, is, is so saturated that I would be very surprised if there was anyone. And it, it'll be a generational thing as well. Like, I yeah. remember, like, when last time I worked in a cinema, every time a Tom Hanks film came out, all the old people would come in. They wouldn't ask for the name of the film. They would ask for two tickets for the for the new Tom Hanks because they were coming to see Tom Hanks in a film. And I don't think our generation are like that. I think like I don't think you would go and see a movie just because The Rock is in it. Unlikely. But I think the you generation know? behind us is even less like that. Uh, they are, I mean, because... Uh, no, all, they'll all be dead. <laughs> don't worry about it. The they're about to get nuked. The generation behind us, I mean, all, all their favourite fucking... All their stars are on fucking YouTube playing yeah. Minecraft. And they're just, and the idea of going outside and paying a tenner to sit in a fucking dark room and watch two hours or something... Yeah, but ticket is, sales is, is never, probably getting more and more and more better. absurd. I know that inflation is, is a thing, yeah. 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 But... No, I think... But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think star power is... I've got a feeling it's a holdover. It's a habit that they have, and I don't think it really justifies casting Scarlett Johansson as uh, an actually Japanese character. Yeah, uh, it kind of it did. Uh, it just derailed the entire. It's a bit movie, ridiculous. I mean, I, I don't really want to get into it too much because I don't. I don't want to be like you know. I don't want to be a white guy fucking lecturing people about diversity. But it did seem like fucking hell, guys. You've really fucked this. <laughs> Yeah, because that I mean, and and lo and behold, that's what dominated the conversation about the film. Mm. Um, so, I've not seen no, it. Have you seen it? I haven't seen oh, it. I haven't seen it. So I yeah. Listen, if I want to see Ghost in the Shell, yeah, yeah, I don't. Right, listen. Dylan Walker says, with Burns mentioning a confederacy of dunces on the last podcast, he has to ask, what are some of your favourite books? Now, as I've said before, Dave, despite the fact that he's from you know the north, has quite a really, really strong library of books. Yeah. He's got, like, he's loads got that of Barack Obama one. Yeah, he's got... He's <laughs> I got, love that that's the flagship He's, got the, he's got the novelisation of The Thing. Yeah. Uh, it was Dave's copy of Dunces that I took. He's yeah. got at least three copies of... We need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> I, do. I don't understand why you'd even have two. It is a very good book. Let alone. Quite, um, last time, every now and then I walk into Dave's living room and I notice that the bookshelf has been reconfigured or it has something new on it. So an, a, a recent edition is um and it might just be that you're still unpacking boxes i don't know but a recent addition is uh and it's not being slotted into the it's not like you don't see it spying on it's like pride of place in front of the rest of books as an agatha christie novel i bought uh, that two days ago because because we were talking <laughs> about there when it arrived the, uh, Jim. the uh the pot the um the, not a director's commentary we did alien first yeah. and that mentions uh, Ten Little Indians, shall we call it. Um, oh. Had a slightly more controversial title when it was first written, yeah. and is and is now called that. Um, and then when we when we started talking about and then there were none, Dave. The, yeah. Then we started talking about the thing which we've uh, recorded and will be out soon. Um, you fucking hope. And and that also re- talks about this Agatha Christie books. So I was like, you know what? I've never read it, so I'm going to order it. Yeah. yeah. So and then there were none, and it just it just seems to take pride of place in front of all the it's rest. The new... I've already run out of space. I need to get another bookcase. Exactly. <laughs> but Dave's got you know like you know it's, it's a hero of the thousand thousand faces. Mm. You got Plato's book on Socrates. Um, you got quite a lot of shit that you just would not expect a man who still has a turtles ruler <laughs> they had as a kid to just you know to be about yeah, that is an authentic ruler yeah um, you know uh, yeah what about you jim i know you don't do the books because you can't listen, really read i'm not a big reader because i just don't listen i just don't have the patience for it but um reading's awesome you but twat. listen there are two um books uh from my childhood that i fucking adore and uh and have read more than once um, and they're the only books I've read more than once because usually if I if I actually manage to fi- fi- finish a novel I'm just like fuck <laughs> it's like finishing it's like finishing The Witcher 3 it's like well I'm not fucking doing that <laughs> it took me about four years um, right and I've still never finished The Witcher 3 funnily enough so um, 
the first book is, uh, and it was the start of a massive series by uh, Harry Harrison. It was called The Stainless Steel Rat. Um, and it was about, uh, set like, I think, I mean, I, I want to say like set in like 30,000 years in the future. But I think they mess with the timeline later on. But it's like, anyway, the idea is it's like massive fucking spacefaring civilization so far in advance of us that like, you know, like technology can just do anything. Mm -hmm. Right. But people are still bastards. So they uh, always will. be Exactly. So it's the slippery Jim degree um, is is the title character. And he's basically a cat burglar who um, ends up stealing from the wrong people and uh, pretty much ends up getting kind of recruited by that civilization's version of special ops or whatever. I'm probably I'm probably misdescribing a lot of this because yeah. it's been a while. Is is this an um, adult or a, a child's book or a kind um, of? It's it's for it's for the old age. it's for the old grown ups, but it's comedy. It's not like serious science fiction. Well, it kind of is, but it's not serious science fiction. It's played for laughs. No, oh, really, it's, it's meant to be funny. It's full of jokes and that, and it's. Um, it's it's uh I remember very vividly the, the 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 quote the review quote on the back of the book on the on the version I had or rather that my dad had because I nicked it off him. Uh, uh, the quote is uh, Harry Harrison is the Monty Python of the spaceways. So if you, that gives you a sort of sense. Why don't you read Douglas uh, Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Um, because that's a similar. Because the definitive Hitchhiker's Guide for me is the radio version, so I don't feel the need to read it. No, the um, film version's the best, isn't it? What are you talking about, you can't. Um, So, uh, yeah, so the Stainless Steel Rat, and the Stainless Steel Rat saga uh, is very, I mean, it obviously has ups and downs, but it's very good, and it's just like, it's it's got these um, just fantastic ideas, and it's unfilmable, it'll never be, it'll never be adapted. They made yeah, a film we, of Naked Lunch. Before, they yeah. made a film <laughs> of Naked Lunch. Have you I'm ever tried you. to read Naked I'm Lunch? It is an affront to the brain. Yeah, I'm telling you. It's unread it's unfucking film. It's unreadable. <laughs> anyway. Right. Um and then like you know, there's like, like fucking the stainless steel rat becomes president. The stainless steel rat fucking uh you know starts a war and it's like there's it loads Trump? of these different but he's great. Uh, it's 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 a wonderful saga and it's kind of been sort of forgotten about, you know. I think 2000 AD did a comic book version of it, but you know Apart from 2008 that. is great. Yeah. It is um, great. But yeah, um, but aside from that, also my other favourite book is, uh, you're going to hate me for this, but it's, Heidi. it's uh, Terry Pratchett's uh, Night Magic. Watch, which is one of the, um, one of the Discworld butch, books, which was about the City Watch. And it's like a time travel story. And it came out around the same time as Life on Mars. And, it's. I think it's the best Discworld book. It was, it was. You know, and he did a lot of really good. He did a lot of shit ones as well. Let's face it. But like, um, it's a fa- it's a fucking brilliant story about a man essentially um, doing time stuff. I, I, no, that, amazing. <laughs> yeah, thanks. That's. Do you not like uh, like classic science fiction <laughs> I'm though? Think, I'm trying to think. Am I going to? Am I going to read a theme into this that wasn't actually there? Uh, yeah, again, it's been a while. I just remember. You know, when you remember something. You remember really, really enjoying something, but you can't remember any of the fucking details. Mm. Um, that. But Night Watch no. is that. No. So I should probably I read it again any, at some point. But you know what? I find it really sad. I can't read... I, 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 I don't think I'll ever be able to read a Discworld book again now because I know it's ended, it's done, and because, you know... I mean, there are about 40 of them. I mean, it died with him. And given and... it takes you four years to read one, you'll be all right, mate. <laughs> yeah. You'll be dead before, don't worry about it. <laughs> I mean, it did occur to me when he died rather selfishly and rather horribly that like oh fucking hell I might actually be able to finish the Discworld the books one day um, but uh, yeah uh, people expected his daughter to carry on like to pick up the mantle and start writing Discworld books and, and, she, and Rihanna Pratchett was eventually just like well no because <laughs> they're his books not mine um, yeah. so there is a definitive end to the Discworld saga which, which I kind of find sad but it's not sad. It's sad. It's I, not I kind sad. Of Things sad. have to end, you fucking idiot. No, I know, but I... I, I you haven't even finished the series it's, it's yet. Such a, <laughs> no, but it's, it's, it was such a constant in life that Terry Pratchett was always writing fucking three Discworld novels. I'm sure he was, sure he was bringing out two a year at one point. And, it, and, then, and then when he, when he got ill, it, it slowed down and started doing 
you know, started doing stuff like he started writing in chapters, for example, which previously the Discworld books weren't written in chapters. It was just... I've never read one. Um, so they were just words. And, uh, just a stream of words. Yeah, and, you know, and, and you kind of want... And I never... I never read anything about why that might be, but it did occur to me that like if if you have the sort of neurological condition that he had, everything is tiring, right? Everything is is exhausting. Just having thoughts is exhausting, right? So you kind of think to yourself that, like, well, obviously, I mean, writing in chapters is just more manageable, you know, and. It, I, I get the impression that's kind of why he started doing it when he hadn't previously. Don't know. Um, I've, you know, I've never read you know, any I, any Pratchett. I think it's. I, 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 I don't. I don't. I don't think it's sad. Of, I mean, it's it's sad that he died. But you know, the fact that Discworld ends is not sad in and of itself. But I think it's nostalgically sort of uh, sad because like it was such a constant of life that these books were always coming. And, it's like when you get to you the know, uh, last slice of pizza. And you're like, <laughs> you're like, I want to enjoy this, but I, it's tinged with sadness. It's tinged with because sadness because once I do this, I'm not going to be eating a pizza anymore. Exactly. Unless you've got Until another one in the oven. Tea time. Until, you know. <laughs> Unless you're on the Steve meal. Burns pizza diet. Steve Burns yeah. pizza diet works for fucking everyone who's over six foot and is mad all the time. I, am I talking? I've been talking a lot of shit. Talking a load of shit. Dave, you often turn up uh, places with books in your pockets and that, don't you? I do. So, like, what what would you say is the best book you've read in the last five years? Oh, God. That is a question. Um, is it the Deep Space Nine technical manual? Was that that was excellent, yeah. <laughs> uh, last five years, I don't know. I mean, I've, the one I just finished, Truman Capote in Cold Blood, is brilliant. I read a great one called Disgrace, yeah. uh, which I think won the Pulitzer Prize. I like the sequel, That Grace. <laughs> Fuck's oh, sake. Right, you're lucky, because if that had been close to the end... I would just... The Reader, I really enjoyed that. I read that, like, twice in two days. Oh, yeah, it was twice in two days? Yeah, I what? mean, I was in Vietnam when there was no other book, so... Oh, right. So she's in... You, you were where, sorry? In Vietnam, it's a country. You, I was going to say... That's when I was back in Nam, mate. No, I was going to say, like, yeah. I just like how you just sort of really quickly mentioned, like, yeah, that was when I was in Vietnam. You were in Vietnam? Yeah, <laughs> Dave did drugs in Vietnam. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's when I had that, what was it? Xanax, was Xanax it? or something, yeah. It's a great just, way if you just want to skip twelve hours. I do. Thing is, I can't sleep at the moment because whenever I sleep, I dream about playing crashes or like. <laughs> my new one is that I'm being surveilled, and that like there's someone like watching me, and I mean there probably is. So really, I don't plan on. I never rest anyway, so I just need to be turned off yeah. for eight hours. That's then, what it does because we were getting a we were getting a boat for like twelve hours. That was like you were cramped in. There was loads of you there. There wasn't any room. So it was like, oh, we'll take this so we can sleep. And it was just like, and then you didn't sleep. You kind of skipped twelve hours of your life, and you were there, which was good. But there was no rest involved whatsoever. I like, need that. For when you hear like Eminem or something addicted to them and, and caning them, you're like, man, he must be fucking tired. <laughs> <laughs> What's that sleep hormone that you can take? The um, it's like a melatonin or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was given one of them one night when I couldn't sleep and I had to because yeah. like I had to um, get up at like three o'clock in the morning to go to Gatwick for a really fucking early flight that was going to Aberdeen and it's like oh, it's mate, a lot of is. effort to just to end up in fucking Aberdeen which is a shit all at the best. That's, like, that's a forty minute flight, mate. I mean, I mean no. the only thing that motivates you is you're like, oh god, it's early, but I'm gonna be in Spain in an hour or yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, but you know, if 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 you're gonna end up in Aberdeen at the end, like when Aberdeen's a ten minute bus ride away, it's still fucking like it's massively disappointing for the amount of effort you've put into mm. it, right? So. um yeah, I was I was stressing. I was given this fucking melatonin pill, and and I was told like, no, you got you got. It's not a sleeping pill. It's it's the natural kind of chemical sh- stuff that your body does when mm. you go to sleep. You got to work with it. You got. I swear to fucking and like and I was told that like it's not just gonna knock you out. Bollocks! I took one, and it was just like that was it, dead. Just fucking there we go. Um, yeah, I. I want to take that every single night. I also am start. I'm thinking I might either become addicted to either painkillers or Adderall. That's my new thing. I'm you just want to become a WWE star, don't exactly. you? Exactly. I'm going to get on the test, then on. Then That's on the thing about you, Burns, because you seem to want to do all the things that wrestlers do apart from the wrestling. 
Listen, Jimmy oh, had always a physical once. activity, didn't it? Listen, I want to I... I get on the test. I want to get on the painkillers. I want to. I want to. I want to do all the fucking. I want to have. I want to own a watch. I don't know. Whatever, <laughs> <laughs> whatever the fuck else they do. So, Jim Trinker, my watch crashed earlier. <laughs> oh, that, is, that is a genuine that sentence. Is, and unbelievable. Right. Anyway, look, on to the next one. You haven't answered that question yet. What? What's yours? Favourite books? That... Some of. Listen, I don't. I can't read. Uh, that's. Uh... Uh, the Communist Manifesto. <laughs> Listen, generally, so Dunces is amazing. Um, what have I been reading? Generally, I do, I like reading a lot. Your about... favourite book is the Labour Party Manifesto from 1997. Yeah. yeah. All I'm saying is... Tony Blair, The Glory Years, that's a good All one. I'm saying is I recently watched a movie with a character called Blair who is given great responsibility and ends up going mad and smashing up the entire place. And I also... Way, <laughs> way. Uh, books. Uh, Dunces is amazing. Um, generally, I read a lot of non-fiction. It's like history stuff. Mm. Big Hollywood and Los Angeles history. A uh, lot of stuff about the US government, which I know makes me sound like Mel Gibson in conspiracy theory, but like 20th century politics, so Reagan era and all that sort of shit. And also Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail 72, yes, which ties into that, good. which is amazing. Absolutely amazing and just his best work. Uh, if you've not read it, read Arnold Schwarzenegger's autobiography because it's incredible. I haven't read that. Incredible. And uh, when, when, when did he write it? Uh, a few years ago, surprisingly. So after candid. he's after he's it's um, got an entire chapter from on, California. Uh, yeah, so I think he's just about to leave. Because uh, he's a really interesting politician. Yeah, Republican who actually gives a shit. Like, it's like, got, oh, actually, you know what? I've looked at the figures, and yeah, we are totally fucking the world. So let's yeah. not do that. And then, hey, guess what? There's loads of money in environmental stuff. Look how rich my my like, county is. Exactly. There's a great story in Arnie's book about how he meets. Um, Maria at uh, it's his wife. They're separating now, but he meets her and she's a Kennedy, and he meets her at uh, like a, a charity tennis match or something, and he has to borrow some to play the te- in the tennis thing because she says, "Oh, you should play." He has to borrow some clothes, and then he realizes that he doesn't have any money on him because they go back to I think it's Hyannisport where the Kennedy compound is, and he realizes he doesn't have any money to get back to where he lives and so he has to borrow some money and you know Arnold Schwarzenegger he likes to be in control at all times so he has to borrow money from the Kennedys to get a flight back and he just like signs that off by going and it was at that point where I vowed to myself I'd never leave the house without a thousand dollars in cash and a no limit credit card so wherever he's going he's just got a thousand dollars in cash on him we should mug him exactly just like yeah, I am Arnold Schwarzenegger. What the fuck are you going to do about it? It's got like a fucking American Express black card. It's like, it's fine. I mean, if Arnie turns up at the airport and goes, look, I need a flight and I don't have any money, you'd be like, that is not a problem, sir. Arnie's got his own plan. Don't you worry, mate. In the book, he also talks about how he, he like woke up one night and he was like, he had a dream. He wanted to buy his own 747. And they were like, Arnie, they don't, firstly, they don't sell them to civilians. You can't just buy one as a private citizen. And he was like, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? So in the end, he gets himself a 747 and then like leases it out to people. But his whole mindset's really fascinating. Like he got ahead, I think, because a lot of people thought it was really stupid. Mm-hmm. But obviously, he is very, very intelligent. Uh, but you know, the look, the voice, the vowels. Uh, but yeah, he talks about how he uses all of that to his advantage and how yeah. when Santa Monica was a lot more run down than it is now, that he wanted to buy something there. And so when he turned uh, like a he wanted to buy a building to then convert it into... He didn't want to buy a house. He wanted the building, and then the building would house his office, and people would rent offices in the units that were left. So Shaq's got an office in there. Hmm. And all you know, all the famous people got their offices at fucking Arnie's place. And he said that when he arrived, the real tour was like, okay, so this is how much this is. And he like said, well, I've done you know some research, and he knew how much per square foot everything was in like a mile around where we wanted to buy and apparently she was astounded because who does that level of research he was like my main mission with money is i turn one dollar into three that's that's the goal that's it you know minimally in its micro form one into three and when you think of it like that it's actually a lot easier to accomplish than Mm -hmm. you know i'm really poor i need to become a millionaire so when you go one into three how do i do that do i invest it do i spend it on something that can then generate more 
cash or you know so yeah it's a fascinating read and uh yeah check it out do it he Will really do. is a smart man though isn't he oh he's fucking amazing <coughs> i mean look, he's, he does uh he does talk about some of his uh, his faults, shall yeah. we say? Like he could be cold and distant. Yeah, um, I mean, not to his own kids, I mean, but to his. He's been a massive prick <laughs> to yeah, a lot I of mean, people. Oh, Schwarzenegger! Um, you know, there's the I think the chapter on his uh, you know his son. Mm-hmm. I think it's called the secret, which you know is not a great chapter heading. But he's like really candid about it. He doesn't try and like hush it up or anything. He says, this is what happened, and maybe in a bit more detail than you would ever imagine. Mm-hmm. He's like, and then I was in, like, you know. This, well, and, the, then, and then I got my deck out. And well, he's like, <laughs> oh, I was in the laundry room, and so was she. And I was like, whoa, wait, 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 Arnie, like, we don't need this level of detail. Like, my <laughs> wife doesn't need it either. But, but basically he said that, he, that they thought it was her husband's uh, child. And so nothing more was said of it. And I think he says that she thought that as well. And then, so he retained her. And then obviously as the child got older and started to look, you know, a lot more like Arnold Schwarzenegger than, you know, his dad. That uh, And then apparently Arnie said as soon as it became clear, he was like, right, fuck, fuck. And then... Then it all came out, and uh, yeah, but it, yeah, it's a weird one because you don't want to just say, "Oh, we looked after them because he, he gave them money." He did, mm. like he bought them a house to live in, and like he did give them money or anything. But from the way he describes it, he's like, "Right, it appears that this is a situation." But and then he also says that he really fucked up with the way he handled it. Cause he doesn't go, "Oh well," you know. But he's like, "No, I really, really fucked this up to them to the max." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's not like one of those, you know, really whitewashed. Oh, and Arnold Schwarzenegger's amazing, like, and re- and it's ghostwritten, but uh, it really does sound like him. Mm. It really sounds like he wrote it, which I suppose is you know testament. So, uh, and yeah, so another book I just read, finished recently, was Powerhouse, which Dave you need to borrow from me about uh, creative artists agency. Oh yeah, they... in Hollywood, which is incredible. Mm. Absol- yeah, because you read a lot of. Non-fiction, don't you? I tend to be more fiction. Yeah, because fiction's a load of shit. It's all made up. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Honestly, this is going back to actors are just paid to lie. (laughs) (laughs) I did get indignant about that. When you you talk about reading stuff about the US government, it just it reminded me of a conversation we had um, back back in the bad old days when uh, we were talking about the difference between US journalists, US games journalists and British games journalists. And it's like, British games journalists all think they're fucking Chris Morris. (laughs) And US games journalists all think they're Robert Redford and all the president's men. (laughs) (laughs) They think they're Woodward and Bernstein, don't they? They really fucking do. Um, Uh, Yeah, yeah, and finally, uh, what the fuck, Oliver asks, cocaine. Absolutely send it to the usual address. Anyway, (laughs) so... No, don't do drugs, kids, obviously. Well, don't do it while you're a kid. I mean, you know. Anyway, listen, we've got to go because we've got, you know, what time is it? Oh, it's after six, lads. We've got, we've got stuff to do. We've got to get into tuxedos. We're not farmers. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but thanks for listening. You can grab us on, uh, you know, at Jim Burns Dave on pretty much all of the squawk boxes that you uh, that you like. Yeah. And uh, yeah, get it all followed and subscribed because then we can do more cool shit and then we can do our documentary. Listen, we need money. We need £10,000 to do... The return of Burns. I yeah. go to Scotland and I interview people about fucking Rabbi B. Yeah? Yeah. About the guy that wrote all that shit poetry so that no one gives a fuck about. So it's Burns on Burns. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we, we want we want 10 grand to make it. And uh, please get in touch and register your interest. I exactly. Mean, if you're a big investor who can just give us the 10 grand, because we're not dicking about with that fucking nonsense where people take like a fiver off 1,200 people. No, I'm not doing that. Like, no, no. We're, I'm like, staying in like a, a real hotel up there. Yeah, not exactly. Not in like a log so, no, like, like, The whole premise is you're going like camping around, around Scotland. Can you yeah. imagine you in a tent? I, I've stayed in my fair share of tents. Excuse me. I'm not fucking camping. Exactly. Especially not in Scotland. No, I've not stayed in the tent since I watched Jason Goes to Hell the final Friday. Yeah. And that woman is killed while she's having sex with like the tent pitch thing. Goes like through Don't the tent. have sex with the tent pitch things on Burns. You'll be all right. <laughs> she's not having sex. Right. Anyway, listen. It's ten oh. fucking grand. I want the money to go to Scotland and do the talking about 
Me? No, him. But he's got the same name. But oh, yeah, right. Yeah, that, it's, this is, it's a 10 grand for a, for a joke. <laughs> It'll be like the trip, yeah? Yeah. But in Scotland. Yeah, I mean, we, we want Burns to sit down with like actual English professors and stuff. And just be Absolutely. like... Absolutely. Well, are you going mean, to crack out the immortal fiction not line there? English professors. <laughs> yeah. Professors of the English language yeah. in Scotland. Yeah. Um, so I'll give you a preview of one of the jokes, right? <clears throat> Basically, I'll sit down. Okay, imagine this is the trailer. You have to imagine the pictures in your head, right? I sit down and I say, we're here to talk about Burns. Yeah. And then he reels off all this shit. And I'm like, wait a minute. I meant me. <laughs> yeah, the real one. And then when they say, well, what have you ever written? I'll be like... Uh, awful, and then we'll just take it from there. Yeah. You'll just be screaming, "Buggy like Mother Care." Exactly. <laughs> be like, has, did Robert Burns write anything as clever as "Buggy like Mother Care"? He didn't. I've read some of it. Shite. It's all about women and hats and fucking <laughs> other shit. I don't know, like New Year's. Remember that one you? <laughs> New Year. <laughs> Remember that one you read about? Yeah, the woman who who had a, a louse in her hat, mm -hmm. and and Robert Burns saw it in church. And he was really annoyed about it. So annoyed about it, he wrote a scathing poem. Essentially, wrote a bad review of the life. Exactly. And it's he just tripped like, advised that motherfucker. Robert Burns was a games journalist, yeah. basically. Um, yeah, he was. So he was. you know, except anyway. you know, except he existed hundreds of years before games did. Yeah, and he was, and he, you know, he wasn't a massive weapon. <laughs> anyway, listen, <laughs> listen, we gotta go. We gotta really go now. <clears throat> but anyway, thanks and give us the fucking money, yeah. <laughs>